This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today's guest has achieved the dreams of every musician. He has won Grammys. He shared the stage with Bob Dylan. Uh, He's been on Saturday Night Live, played the uh, White House for Obama. He's worked with legendary producers, headline major festivals, including both Bonnaroo and Austin City Limits, two times. His voice, his guitar, his banjo have created music that has debuted on the uh, top of the Billboard 200. I don't know how many times his songs have been played at weddings and dances and graduations and sporting events and funerals. Um, And he always thought his career would stay on course, that he and his bandmates would, you know, tour the world until they were like the Rolling Stones and they just dropped dead. Then in 2021, 14 years after co-founding Mumford and Sons, he watched it all vanish like that. Like so many disasters these days, it started with a tweet. And it wasn't even an unusual tweet. He had done tweets like this before. It was a a book uh, review, uh, something that he had read. It was a book recommendation. Ironically, the book is Unmasked by Andy No, which details left-wing extremism and how it has become mainstream. Well, that didn't go well. So today, he's embracing the power of free speech with his new podcast, Marshall Matters, on Spectator TV. His guests have included Don McLean, Candace Owens, Jordan Peterson. And like many of them, he was excommunicated uh, from the Church of High Culture. He's fine with that. What good is membership if it demands self-betrayal? Please welcome Winston Marshall. If you're only listening to this podcast, you're going to miss uh, something special that I brought for this podcast in this box. Uh, It is it's something extraordinarily rare that I think he will really enjoy, you know, being from England and all that stuff. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Let me tell you about our sponsor, and then we get right into the podcast. Over two decades ago, the founder of Covenant Eyes faced the same questions many people face today. How can I teach my children to use the Internet with integrity? How can my own heart uh, remain pure online? How do I serve as an example to my family and to my church? So it was this mission that was in mind. The Covenant Eyes was created. Covenant Eyes is a world-class software and educational resource center, which now used by over one million people in the country. Covenant Eyes wants to help equip you, and if you're a parent or a grandparent, uh, with the resources that will help protect your family. And they want to give you a free parenting ebook called Connected. This book explores how strong family connection can protect children and their teens from the dangers of hidden pornography use. By the way, it isn't all that hidden anymore. It contains real life stories and practical tips for maintaining or reestablishing connection in your family. This book is going to help strengthen your relationship with God, with your spouse, with your children, 
so your family can live a life that is free from the evils that surround pornography use. Get your free co- copy right now. Just uh, connect by texting Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, to 66866. That's Glenn to 66866. Welcome. Glenn, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. Great to have you here. Um, the pleasure is mine. I, I, um, I remember when I, uh, uh, I got a very nice message of solidarity from you when I quit my band. And uh, I wasn't actually familiar with your work yeah. at the time. But, but, uh, uh, you grab on YouTube, but they'll, they'll educate you quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was very uh, grateful for the solidarity. Oh. I thought it was very sweet of you. Thank you. I... Um I try to send something out to everybody who has been canceled, no matter where they stand, left or right. I've, I find this as a human being and also as uh, a dad and an, uh, an artist somewhat, uh, I find it really offensive for what's going on. Mm. This, is, this is not good. Yeah, you're seeing this across the arts, really. I mean, it's not just in your great country, but also in... In Britain, just artists are, are are getting cast aside for having the wrong opinions or being forced to right. quit. That's a, that's quite a common thing. For example, there's a woman called Rosie Kay who I recently interviewed, and she's a choreographer. And she had a dance company for 14, 15 years, and because of her gender critical opinions, she got ganged up on by the entire crew or the entire cast of dancers, and was forced to resign. And, uh, you know, she'd put her life into this project. It was, it was her everything. And, and for artists as well, most artists, they don't make that much money. So to, you build these things up over a career and then, you, and then you have it taken, swiped away from you like that. It's, it's a very, very painful experience. But I mean, they eventually, it goes around. Eventually. I mean, I don't understand how artists in particular don't understand and and even homosexuals as well have been forced into the closet for so long especially in in great britain um how they don't understand wait a minute i shouldn't be doing the same thing that was happening to me um because eventually it just eats its own doesn't it i mean just eventually consumes you're never going to be politically correct enough for somebody well, well, I don't fully understand it. Uh, what do you mean there? In, in terms of trying to abide by... Uh, by silencing but, others, especially when you have been silenced, mm-hmm. okay? By silencing others, you would think it would be very obvious. That's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's, what, that's what we've been yeah. working on, civil rights. Well, that's what we've been trying to stop. There's a serious free speech issue. And I, and I don't mean necessarily legally, although they're, they're in Britain, there's certainly there's been uh, legal issues on, on free speech where people have been losing their jobs. Uh, um, and uh, police come to the door if, if you're... That's also true. Right. There's, there's uh, police, police in Britain are police coming to the door if you tweet the wrong thing, if you have gender critical opinions. My gosh. Um, there, uh, there's certainly examples of that. Um, uh, but the, 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 it's, there's a culture of free speech that we've lost. So it's not necessarily that we still have the First Amendment or you have this First Amendment here in the States. But mm-hmm. there's this idea, I think, back to when Neil Young said he'd remove 
himself from Spotify if Spotify right. didn't get rid of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I believe in freedom of association. That's totally legitimate. But it's the idea that uh, that people, sp- it's not the association, it's, it's the specific speech that people want removed. And for that to come from artists whose very career, who's founded on, 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 on the premise that one needs to express themselves, how can one express themselves in that climate? How can one create art in that climate? How can one create music, write lyrics, write great prose? It's insanity. And I've been very puzzled within the creative industries. I'm not entirely sure whether there's a large group of, of homogenous uh, thinkers, thinkers where, where, let's say, this progressive thought has really taken hold, or whether a small minority of progressives have real power in mm-hmm. self-censoring the masses. Mm-hmm. It's not entirely clear to me what is, what is going on. There's evidence for, for both. For example, when I quit, I had many, I quit Mumford & Sons last year, I had many artists messaging me saying they were self-censoring. Hundreds, actually. Maybe I've had thousands of messages from all walks of life and all professions, but artists self-censoring and it, it's it's shocking and it doesn't artists mean to that we would that we would know that would be surprising that they're self-censoring absolutely and i'm not going to no i'm their, not saying i'm not because yeah, they speak anybody. in confidence but that yeah. also speaks for the climate that they don't I, I i i feel like i shouldn't say their names because i don't want to get them into trouble right that, that, that's that's insane so what was the tipping point for you? First of all, you left Mumford and Sons. Mumford's gone. Uh, you've written most of the songs. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, so the band formed in 2007 uh-huh. and originally around Marcus, the singer, uh, he had a bunch of songs. And then as we grew, it turned out that we all contributed songs. So okay. I certainly contributed okay. uh, uh, decent songs. And I'm actually now back here in your great country hmm. playing some of those songs. And I've been, I've been playing concerts of uh, um, California, New York, and Arizona, and, and um, playing some of those songs. But the band, uh, we all contributed songs. And, um, it's kind of a queen thing. What do you mean? Queen, they oh the band, yeah, they, yeah. They never put their name as the author. They just made it's it. true, and we and we collaborated together, and those songs developed yeah. together, and, and um, uh, they shaped. They were shaped live, I and mean, they were shaped in this country. We we toured America relentlessly. Uh, by the end of this trip, I'll have visited forty eight states in this great country. I was wow. thinking. I, I mean, I love this. What country. are you missing? Hawaii and Alaska. You've got to see uh, Alaska. Uh-huh. Hawaii will. It's beautiful, but uh, boy, they—that is progressive city. Really? Say, oh yeah, very progressive. Very I progressive. was very shocked in California. So I, I, uh, I did a show in Los Angeles and a show, show in San Francisco, and I haven't been back for a while. And every other store in both those cities has some sort of token marker to a progressive cause, whether it's a rainbow flag or a trans flag or a BLM thing mm-hmm. or some sort of virtue signaling to um, uh, uh, an identity mm-hmm. uh, group. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me, and actually in, in San Francisco as well, there's a huge mural to Greta Thunberg outside my, uh, <laughs> outside my hotel, like the, the sort of matron saint of yeah. eco-anxiety. And, and it seems to me, it, it reminded me about in the, in the scripture when 
the Jews uh, uh, marked their homes with the blood mm-hmm. of, of the lamb so that the angel of death would pass right. over them when the, when the plagues were the f- for the firstborn. And it's almost, and I'm sure this is true in Portland, Oregon, it's almost as if people are marking their, oh, yeah. their, ter- their, their property so it doesn't get vandalized. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I don't want to be so rude about California and, and America because I, I absolutely love this country it's just as an outsider no we've changed we've changed and you're you're spot on and even during some of the riots you know a lot of these were black owned stores that they burned down and they would you know put the plywood on the windows and then spray paint uh we're black owned yeah please don't burn down it it, eventually they come and eat everybody well it's it's, what a great analogy of the lamb's blood well, the, the, this is what's got me into trouble. Originally, the, the reason I had to quit Mumford & Sons is because I tweeted about a book critical of far-left extremism in the United States mm-hmm. by the author, the conservative author, Andy No, journalist. Yep. And um, he, he documents in that book the, the 19 killed in the first 14 days of the BLM riots and the many black businesses mm-hmm. uh, ruined and destroyed in, in, in the ensuing uh, riots. And... Just to paint a picture of the climate in the music industry, in June 2020, in that heinous uh, killing of George, George Floyd, Floyd happened, uh, the music industry en masse put up black squares and it became a picket line. If you didn't put a black square up, oh, yeah. if you didn't support Black Lives Matter. The angel of death was visiting your home. Absolutely. Now, here's an example of it. The band Hanson, I don't know if you remember this Oh, band. I do. Mm-hmm. They're friends. They, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live up the street. Oh, great. Well, yeah. th- th- you should get them in to talk about this mm. because apparently they didn't exist as a band, didn't put a black square up because they didn't exist. <laughs> Their fans got so angry at the, at the fact that they had to reform in order to apologize to the mob. And that, and that shows how fervent the, 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 the time was. So it's mob rule. It really is yeah. mob. Absolutely. So, so I got into trouble because I, I, was, I was critical of that uh, specific or the, the excesses of it. Because right. if, look, of course we care about black lives. Of course, of course we want to see every American, every human lifted up. And, and we want to, we want to cr- create a level playing field from which to start. Correct. And we also want cops like the guy who killed George Floyd want them out mm-hmm. don't want any bad cops mm-hmm. but they're not all bad absolutely yeah. but the, the 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 problem you get is people want to ignore the bad the the excesses mm-hmm. of certain behavior if they believe it's a good cause mm-hmm. which means that bad things happen yeah and 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 that's a serious issue so now since i've come out and been in sort of trouble i feel like it's my duty a little bit to speak out on these issues where i think that there are excesses and having come from a liberal background you know uh, my dad ran for the liberal democrats in the, in the uk I, I was brought up canvassing for the liberals hang on Let, let's what is a liberal over there because the uh, world yeah. misunderstands american liberals sure and progressive is different than a liberal a liberal here should be a um somebody who believes in the bill of rights and will fight for the rights of the average person. Mm-hmm. Okay. A conservative is, um, over here, a person that wants the smallest amount of government. So it can never get out of hand and do the things that mm-hmm. it's doing right now. Progressives are the same in both countries. Mm-hmm. So 
Is that a liberal to you? So I, I, I would distinguish myself as being neither conservative or progressive, but rather a liberal in a classical liberal, British okay. liberal tradition. Okay. Um, and I believe, I do believe that we need some government because I think that... No, so do I. Uh, I don't believe in libertarianism. I believe that unchecked and unregulated, uh, the system isn't f totally fair. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, then I guess there's a bunch of social issues that progressives have gone completely awry on. Mm -hmm. For example, I wrote a piece on Barry Weiss's Substack and I quoted Martin Luther King uh, and his, you know, I have a dream speech where he said, we, we should judge people by the content and the character. That's and the trouble. And I was called racist yeah. for quoting him. I know. I mean, there's, is that, am I insane? No, or? I know. No, okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay, I saw something the thing. other day. Somebody said, uh, somebody posted a quote on, I don't know, Facebook or something. I thought it was the best. Am I actually a Nazi fascist or just a normal person 10 years ago? Hmm. You know what I mean? Because everything that you thought and held dear, like, like Martin Luther King, hmm. now you get, say that. Yeah. And no, you're a racist. If you're getting called racist for quoting Martin Luther King, yeah. I, I think we can see now what, what's going on. Those terms have lost all meaning, all meaning. fascist, Nazi, racist. It's, and it's, it's really just, dangerous because once they don't have meaning... Racism, fascism, it does exist. Mm -hmm, exactly. And you, if you've made those terms, you know, it's a little boy who cried wolf. Mm -hmm. If everybody's a racist, then how do we stop real racism? Exactly. How do we identify that? But and also, frankly, it's it's a uh, it disrespects what happened before. Yes. My, my grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. The idea that I'm called a Nazi now given that 13 people in my family were obliterated by the Nazis in the camps and the death marches, is offensive to my family, um, although it's so absurd that it's, it's yes, almost beyond offense. It's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But it, 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 it kind of, it, it, it changes history. It changes how we understand history. So those, the, 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 the battle, the word battle, the semantic battle is going on now are just uh, very... Uh, insane. Insane. I, I was just, <laughs> I just had, uh, what was it, last week, I had Benjamin Netanyahu on, and he gave me the Defender of Israel Award um, huh. years ago. <laughs> However, I'm still a Nazi. <laughs> I was, and we were joking about it. It's like, it, it, none, none of mm. it makes sense anymore. Let's look at what people are doing, content mm -hmm. of their character. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I figured I'd have more credibility well, maybe if I'm not talking like I'm a chimney sweep, doesn't work. Man, I wish I had that accent. You'd think I was smarter, honestly. And with a pair of glasses, my gosh, nobody would even recognize me. Let me tell you about um, Good Ranchers. Good news and bad news. The bad news first, looks like beef prices are probably going to increase by another 20% early next year. Eggs are already up 40% year over year. Nothing like the largest uh, price increases, especially in meat, in U.S. history. Now, here's the good news. Good Ranchers is letting you lock in your price on all the meat you buy this November. 
when you subscribe during their Black Friday savings. This is your chance to inflation-proof your meat budget. You're going to get $70 of free USDA choice steaks, and you'll save an additional $25 on every box when you subscribe. So forget the high prices and the low quality at the grocery store. Believe me, it's probably not even American meat. I know, it says, product of America. That means nothing. Truly treat yourself or somebody you love to Good Ranchers award winning service and their quality this holiday season. Remember, visit GoodRanchers.com slash G-L-E-N-N or use my code Glenn at the checkout and grab their best offer of the year. Black Angus. Have a black. Uh, don't have a normal Black Friday. Have a Black Angus Friday this year. Uh, get two free steaks from Good Ranchers right now. American Meat delivered so let's finish up on the uh, the um, mumford and son stuff because you you posted that and then you apologized right so so i the, the story specifically was that through the pandemic i was posting books i was reading as one of the themes of my social mm-hmm. media i didn't have many followers on social media and uh, i tweeted about books from mao's little red book to tolstoy's mm-hmm. war and peace whatever i was reading i found mm-hmm. interesting and one of the books, as I said, was Andy No's book. And somehow it just completely exploded in, uh, in a sort of Twitter storm. These things happen. And they say Twitter isn't real life until it's real life. And, and that's true because mm-hmm. initially I was like, it's just a storm, it will pass. But, and, but then you get the phone calls. Then you get your friends, people you work with calling you up. Some of them are worried for you. Some of them are, uh, are worried about what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. And then you slowly see your life unraveling. Mm. And fortunately now it's been 16, 18 months and, and I've, I've built a new life. So I feel stronger talking about it. But for a long time, it was, it was very painful to talk about that time and the, and the coming months. And so I issued an apology, partly because when you're, when you're under attack, let's say if you're at a dinner table and you say something offensive, someone's offended by what you say, You'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, how, what do I not know? Explain to mm-hmm. me. Like, so, so I was certainly open to not understanding the full picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I um, uh, was, wanted to protect my bandmates who were getting mm-hmm. pulled under the bus with me. So I issued an apology. And then in the coming months, uh, uh, gradually and gradually, I looked deeper and deeper into the topic and I realized I hadn't, I hadn't been wrong. I'd called the author brave. Not only was he brave, but he'd been attacked oh, yeah. by Antifa mobs in Oregon, but he was then attacked again. Video of that mm-hmm. came out again uh, in, a, in, a ho- in a hotel. Um, I find him incredibly brave. Exactly. Uh, unquestionably great, mm-hmm. brave. And, um, and so uh, my conscience really started to bother me. Uh, I was also wow. frustrated that by excu- I felt like I was in some way excusing the behavior of Antifa by apologizing mm-hmm. for criticizing it, mm-hmm. which then made me feel, well, then I'm as, I'm as bad as the problem because I'm, I'm, se- I'm sort of agreeing that it's, it doesn't exist, which I found very frustrating. Another point, by the way, I've, I found it very frustrating that, that the left-wing media in this country and in my country, don't even talk about it. We can all see this footage, we see it online. They don't talk about it. And that's part of my, I think, interest initially in tweeting about Andy's book because I think people need to see what's going on. And, and it's, it's a blind spot there. But anyway, I-, I, I so Wait, wait, wait. When you say they don't talk about it, you mean the average person well, talks about it, but 
in the average person talk about, uh, doesn't talk about the, the CNN and MSNBC all this. If yeah, they yeah. don't cover it, Biden in his presidential election said it was just an idea, it didn't mm-hmm. exist. I mean, mm-hmm. did he not see the, the courthouse in, in Oregon being burnt down yep. like night after night? You know, all this outrage for the, uh, the Capitol Hill storming, rightly. What about the outrage when federal buildings are being arrested? Now, I know I'm British and it's going to jar with your American listeners to hear a Brit commenting on your on your politics. But I care about America. I love America. And a successful, great America is a, means a successful, great world as far as I'm concerned. So I hope you respect. No, my, no, no. My, uh, You're in safe territory here. <laughs> um, so uh, then another thing was that there's this essay, and we spoke about this a little bit before uh, speaking now, uh, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn mm. called Live Not By Lies. And he wrote it, I think, 1973, 1974, when he was expelled from Moscow. He didn't know he was being expelled. He wrote it. It's my understanding. Uh-huh. He wrote it. <laughs> thinking that this may be the last communication he's allowed to have. Mm -hmm. And so he wrote it and released it. And then I think it's the next day he was expelled. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, this essay, which I encourage listeners to read is about five pages long, includes, includes a paragraph where, um, it says something along the lines of how dare you call yourself a musician, an artist, sorry, if you, and not prepared to live by the truth. And that affected me. And each time I read it, it hit harder and harder and harder. And this apology that was out there that I'd issue, it felt like to me that that apology would detract from all I could create moving forward. Because whatever song I write, whatever prose I write, how can I say that it's true if I have this apology hanging You are so rare. You are so rare. So um, eventually um, I I decided the only way out of this was for me to quit. Now, uh, for context, the band had been told by several radio stations they wouldn't be played again. I was due to play a DJ, a festival in the UK, and they dropped me. There were repercussions, professional repercussions for my opinion. And if I'd been a sole actor, things would have been very different, but I had a responsibility to them and I didn't want them to be harmed for my opinion. So I felt the best way forward, the only way forward really was for me to quit. And um, I explained so in in a medium, letter my my um my objective was to clear my conscience i wasn't sleeping i lost a ton mm-hmm. of weight i i I, w- I was losing my mind a little bit um and and even making myself lose my mind i was like oh, am yeah, i crazy yeah. everyone's telling me i'm crazy then you start you know I was, no, yeah, i'll tell you when you first go through this i talk to people who say oh no it doesn't bother me at all i don't think about it you're either a liar or you're really shallow because in 2000 Seven, there's this Associated Press poll that comes out, most admired men in the world. I was tied for third with the Pope and Nelson Mandela. That's how sick America was, okay? And I'm like, what? I do the same show. I was on CNN. I do the same show over on Fox. The next year, I'm one of the most hated men in America. Mm. You want to talk about schizophrenia. Mm. I go through this, and, you know, when you have a good majority of people saying, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a Nazi, you're this. If you're a thinking, feeling human mm-hmm. being, you take that at some point and go, how, I, I don't think I'm that. How are they getting mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. What are they? 
and you you do an inventory of your life. Yes, you do. You know what I mean? And that's one of the good things, I think, that comes out of this for the individual. You come out stronger because you know who you are. You most certainly do. And, and actually, to be totally honest, I don't care that much or perhaps at all what random people on Twitter I don't know yeah. or met think. Right. But I do care about what the people around me and the people who I love and who say they love me care. So when they're doing it, it's very painful. So for me, um, uh, uh, I, uh, I, uh, that's what I think affected me. And but but. What kept me strong and what has, has given me sucker through all of this is my faith in, in God. And, and that has is, is kept, kept me, that's been the foundation. My family, I have a very tight-knit family. I'm very close with my mom and dad. So that's what you, gets you through those, mm-hmm. those difficult times. And had I not had God, had I not had Christ in my life, I'm not sure how I could have got through that, that period. I don't want to take too much of a sidetrack mm-hmm. on this, but I'm, I, this like, third time you've mentioned God, and then you mentioned Christ by name. Uh, it, it's my understanding that you have always said you're not a Christian, you're not religious, but you're spiritual, you're... So I, I was raised uh, by a Catholic mother and a Protestant father in a sort of ecumenical household. Mm-hmm. I lost my faith aged 18, 19, and had... Uh, my 20s, I would say, without faith, at points atheistic, at points agnostic. When I was an atheist, I probably had too many morals for an atheist. And I, that's, not a dig. <laughs> that's not a dig at atheists. It's mm. more that I do think we need a metaphysic in which to mm-hmm. build a, a, an ethic and a, and a Jordan moral. Peterson talks about it, even, right. and I believe this. I happen to believe it's all true, but even if it's not, mm-hmm. it's made me a better person. Mm-hmm. Your faith. Yeah. How oh, so? Yeah. How so? Yeah. Um, it gives me someone to answer to that's not mm. human. It gives me um, someone to model myself after. I mean, you know, you look at God and you just think of him as a dad. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good model, mm. you know, uh, of especially when you start to have children, you you never stop loving your children. No mm. matter what they've done, you are always open to mm. come on back, mm. come on back. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Did you, do, did you, do you know you screwed up? Mm. Do you know what happened? Mm. Come on in. I'm not judging you. I'm not, I've been there. Mm. And that, that's a really good model mm-hmm. uh, for, I think, for a parent and for Absolutely. a human being. Yeah. Um, okay. So did you, did. So wait, that, that, just to finish that, I came okay. back to my faith having gone through the experience of, of divorce. And I would say that, Philosophically, I was at the church door beforehand. Yeah. And um, through people like Jordan Peterson, his, his biblical series is great. exceptional. And um, it, it, it brought me back to scripture, but it was through the, the, the experience of suffering that I actually came back fully spiritually uh, to Christ. And, and thank God I did. Yeah. Uh, because the the period it wasn't long too too long afterwards that i went through i went through as and as i said had it not been for him i'm not sure i'd have fared so well yeah i i I'll tell you i just again off subject here um i just read second chronicles this morning 
before I did my show, and it was uh, chapter 15, starting, I think, at 3, and it, and it basically says, it describes today. Mm-hmm. And it's like the people had lost the God, the true God. Mm-hmm. They've lost the truth. And uh, nations were rising up against nations. It was, it was frightening to be out on the street, very dangerous to be out. Um, and then it said, uh, and then because of all this, they found the God of Israel again, you know, mm. uh, still a lot of price to be paid. But the, the message in it was, um, so don't give up. Your work will mm. uh, benefit in the end. Mm. Uh, and I thought that's that, I think that's what's happening in the world. We've just we've made other things our God. Mm. And when you make other things your God, well, if it gives me great stuff mm. and all I have to do is this, that's great. Yeah. You know, well, I see, I see, I've seen that not only in my own personal life, like I, it was a period I made work my God and I was, mm-hmm. I was quite literally addicted to touring and getting in the studio and, and working and working. But then if you talk on, on mass and, and I just had Michael Schellenberger, uh, yeah, I love environmentalist yeah, he's great. Um, uh, on my, on my show. And he describes the environmentalist cause as a surrogate religion. And it's very true because we have lost God and, and there are people don't, have the belief like uh, that we used to in the west and so they're replacing it with these these other causes and like i described earlier it's 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 biblical how people are putting tokens outside their their oh, yeah. shops and and it's oh, it's, it's biblical to put a, a mural of, of greta thunberg mm-hmm. as if you know like she's the virgin mary or something mm-hmm. an innocent an innocent girl mm-hmm. it's, there's all these weird equivalents but oh, it yeah. doesn't have the, found- the push for abortion, the way it's being done now, just this bloodlust almost, is, uh, uh, is, is Moloch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is Old Testament worship, just not done intentionally, but we are doing the same thing. We are worshiping other gods, whether mm-hmm. we know it or not. When the alarm clock goes off in the morning and you open your eyes, is pain the first thing you think about? It used to be for me. I would get up every day and I'd be like... And all I would want to do is get back into bed. And I would be like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the day, but I'll get through it and I'll come back and I'll sleep. Um, it was a problem that I thought would never go away. And it's a problem that I don't have anymore because I started taking relief factor and I got my life back. I can paint. I can write. I can even think in the morning without, you know, the first thing ow, I hurt. Relief Factor. I want you to try it for three weeks. Just go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Uh, order their trial pack. Try it for three weeks. See if it doesn't take away your pain. That's relieffactor.com. So let's go back to Mumford Sons. Mm. Um, you've been friends with, ba- with bandmates. I mean, your bandmates were your friends, mm. right? Yeah. I was surprised to see that at least it, it, feel, it felt this way to me, that uh, they didn't rally around. Say, we, we, we know him. Did they? I wish them very well. They're incredibly talented musicians and, and artists and songwriters, and I have no doubt that they will have very important careers, and, and they, I hope they continue to great, make, create great art, and, and I would hate for... Uh, anything I do to impede that. So, uh, you know, I really, I really wish them well. 
that is the nicest, most Christian thing I think you could say. <laughs> um, so you leave, and, uh, you know, the good thing is there's a lot of openings for banjo players. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no job competition. This is where I started with the banjo, because in London, no one played it. No. So I, if, if I got myself into a band, there would be no one to take my place. I didn't have <laughs> to be good. Right. I was terrible at guitar, and so, so I never got a gig. Um, so, yeah, no, you're not, you're not, you're not wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I, as I said, I think earlier, I, I, I'm. This is my first time playing. I'm, I'm doing. I'm playing songs that I've written over the years. I'm, I, I. Uh, I'm we brought a banjo. I know you, you didn't bring yours from London, Glenn. But this. your your colleague, yeah, brought a banjo made in China. Now, well, he's fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's listening to you right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although in Goldtone, I think it's a Florida base. I used to play Goldtones. It's a Florida, so they're designed in America. Yeah, but uh, but manufactured in in China. Now we like the Chinese, but it's the CCP yeah. that we have a problem. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we want to make sure. Are, you know, have you ever thought? I have this conversation with people all over the country. You know, Glenn, I think if we just all got together in our town, we could probably fix this in about 20 minutes. Uh, just, the people are starting to wake up. It's not the parties, per se. It's not the the um, it's not ethnic based. It's nothing. It's governments. Absolutely. They are the problem with the people. And they just think that it's like we're on a in a stage play mm -hmm. and we don't we don't know we're in a play and they mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. you know it's it's really nuts it's not too hard to make the, the the definition actually i work a lot with with technically ethnically chinese but hong kongers in britain i have a foundation uh, an organization pairing hong kongers fleeing the ccp mm. who are taking over hong kong and they're coming to britain and we're helping helping them assimilate and integrate uh, any British listeners, we need volunteers. So Hong Kong link up. <laughs> oh, let us know um, how we can help you. Yeah, that, that's... Um, but uh, yeah, the CCP are uh, horrible. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I didn't understand when all my big big business friends said to me twenty years ago, you know, China is the model. I remember saying. Mm. That's not a very good model, and they're like, "Well, it works over there, and it's really the model of the mm. future." Yeah, we'll now we're seeing that. we're it really is the model. Mm. I mean, we are moving towards that kind of a state, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, what what's particularly terrifying? I think something I, I can speak on specifically to the um, CCP. It's it's not only Hong Kong, but the Uyghurs. So. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to raise awareness for the Uyghurs, and it's so difficult to do this, and I can't quite work out why, but there's between one and three million Uyghurs interned in camps in, mm -hmm. in Western China, in Xinjiang. No, no, China. the CCP says that's not true. Those were just... We've seen I, videos. I, I, sure. I know. You're an apologist for uh, the CCP now, no, What's I, going on? This is I quite love, a turn. I love the video they just put out with some guy on the street, and he's like... You know, there's all these things that are being said about us and here in China. And, no, look, mm. here's a Uyghur man who's happy. And you're mm. like, I think I saw this movie done by Goebbels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite. Yeah, a and, town for the Jews. Yeah, and and and, and uh, not only are the videos, but there was we did the we had a Uyghur tribunal in in the UK with testimonies of people who have fled and 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 escaped and and. This is the sort of tyranny of the, the CCP, and it's not just them, it's the Tibetans, it's the Mongolians, the Hong, Kong, mm -hmm. uh, Hong Kongers, 
Uh, Taiwan's next. That's only a matter of time. Uh, I'm, I'm very surprised at how little concern my generation and younger have for the CCP. And yeah. I, I'm not entirely sure why that is. I've been thinking about that. Like what, why is it? Well, part, partly I think because China is culturally so, so alien from us. Like the language is impenetrable. Um, and uh, or, or impenetrable is wrong, but it's, it's, it's certainly very difficult. I've tried mm -hmm. to learn it. It's the hardest language I've ever mm -hmm. tried to learn. And a lot of their culture doesn't come over. I mean, of course, with their food and, and um, some of uh, the religious stuff comes over. But why is it that the but people in Britain, for example, will march the streets when George Floyd, yeah. 5,000 miles away, gets brutally murdered. But then I went on a Uyghur march in, in Parliament Square in Westminster the same uh, two months later where three million Uyghurs are in, 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 in these internment camps and there's 25 of us. How is it that there's this attention given to American problems but Don't no attention given to... This is the same problem. Um, uh, gosh, what was the name in England? I feel bad. I, I, I can't remember it right now. The guy who stopped slavery... William Wilberforce. Yeah, Wilberforce. This is the same problem Wilberforce had. You know, how do I get people to mm -hmm. pay attention and say this slavery is wrong? The problem with it is, it's so ugly, no one wants to deal with it. It's so ugly that no one thinks that they can actually affect it. And, you know, I'm getting my stuff cheaper. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's this weird moral but quagmire. You know, Wilberforce, if you bring that up, so the people of Britain at the time went on a sugar strike where they refused to buy sugar as a to signal that they were disapproved. Mm -hmm. En masse, they did this mm -hmm. to disapprove of the slave trade. So he managed to get the, the, the attention of, of the masses mm -hmm. on, on that deplorable mm -hmm. uh, trade. What seems to be so impossible with not just the Uyghurs, but any of the behavior of, of, of the CCP is to actually capture the imagination of the masses in the West. It just, it just doesn't happen. And I don't know if we need some kind of horrible footage, but we've got footage of the Uyghurs. Oh, no, it's bad. So, and we've got footage of Hong Kong, and we, and we know what's going on over there. So why it's not, it's, it's still a bit of a mystery. And, and perhaps that's because there's some sort but, of... Uh, go ahead. There's some sort of, uh, you know, when there's, a, when there's a social justice cause, one feels like one has to go along with what's been presented unquestionably. And, and so because no one's really presenting the, the case for the Uyghurs, or actually that's not true, I've been trying, but mm. uh, because it's not a popular movement, people aren't, it, you know, Correct. going along with it. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I know. Yeah, um, I, I think we're at the beginning of this fight. Remember, this is, I mean, I'm a, um, I've studied the Holocaust quite a bit, and um, it's not much different than what Americans were doing in World War II. You know, you'd have it. I mean, you, you had the information. We had it. Went to our president, went to everybody. It was in the papers. New York Times just kept burying it. And mm. Even Jews here, not all of them, but even a lot of Jews here were like, let's not cause any problems. We don't, you know, it was, it, it, it's a weird thing that that humans do from time to time where they can they can look away uh from that mm. but there'll be one person over here that is you know george floyd mm -hmm. it's bad mm -hmm. but in comparison we don't want either of them but this one is 
horrifying because it's happening all the time, every day, 24 mm-hmm. hours a day to millions of mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And somehow or another, we can see this, but we can't see that. Yeah. Now, we, and there's, there's good reason to, to march at uh, the injustices that uh, blacks are facing here and elsewhere. And, and, uh, and George Floyd, it's not a criticism of that necessarily. It's more a, a criticism of the lack of protest. Sure, these I know. Are, anyway, so, yeah. And it's, I think we're just at a better place now than, you know, in the 19, it's not the 1960s anymore. There's that, that's a past generation. And... Uh, I think there's a lot of people who truly are colorblind. They saw, they listened to Martin Luther King mm. and they, they're, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I don't, I don't want any of that to happen. Um, and yet I think it's our politicians that are, and people who are craving power or money or whatever that are separating us mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. I noticed you put the banjo down, so you're not going to play the banjo. <laughs> Well, I didn't bring my finger picks, uh, but uh, um, wow! Uh, you know what? <laughs> Invite me back, okay, and, and, right, uh, right, and okay. I'll, I'll okay. do a show for you. So, um, you just had somebody I have wanted to have on my show forever. Uh-huh. You just had him on your podcast, Don McLean. Oh, uh, yeah. What a total legend. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Did you ask him about... Um, uh, bye bye, Miss American Pie. What is that? American uh, Pie. Yeah, American Pie. Yeah, yeah. So that song's now fifty years old. I mean, it's it's the surely it's the, the number one song in the, in the in the American songbook. Yeah. And he he actually it was interesting. He talked about it in in he likened and I, I encourage uh, people to listen to the episode. But he likened he to it the cancel culture stuff he said i was writing about this 50 years ago it was and and it's in it, the day the music died and he's like that's this is this is what's happening for cancel culture and so he's he's a very uh, switched on um, gentleman and um and you know what a career he had and he was when he started he would do these tours up and down the hudson river with um with bill monroe bill monroe famous communist and and but also great pioneer of the banjo for his sins <laughs> he wrote this superb I introduction can't imagine a communist with a banjo it just doesn't oh seem there are to. lots there are lots <laughs> <laughs> oh no sorry it's not bill monroe i made a total mistake it's pete seeger oh okay. forgive yeah, me pete forgive seger. me yeah, yeah yeah pete seger uh, not bill monroe yeah uh, um i don't know total, Monroe's, con- uh, total politics communist. and yeah. <laughs> pete seger um, yeah. uh, that's a terrible mistake this to make, land is your land um so uh they and seger would do these tours with with musicians and uh, professors intellectuals and poets and bring and bring these people together and, and Don McLean was about that and he was brought up in that um, environment and back then it was them who were being made to shut up yeah it was it was the the leftists who were told by uh, majoritarians on the right and this goes on later as well in into the 80s and 90s uh, um, and was it Tip Gore, Al Gore's wife? Is yeah, to, uh, yeah, she was the one that wanted to, you know, she was trying to shut up yeah. Ice T, and and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and 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 it's normally come, or sorry, not normally. In in America, it seems traditionally, it's the, this uh, moves against free speech have, have tended to come from the right, but that's I think completely changed now, and it's and oh, it's, yeah. it's coming from the progressives, not the liberals, because if you're yeah. a liberal. If you actually are a liberal, you believe in free speech. Right. Otherwise, you're not liberal. I'm right. sorry to break it to I, you. I consider myself a classic liberal. Uh-huh. You know, just, can we just leave each other alone? <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, leave each other alone. 
I want to share a testimony with you about a young mom who came into a preborn pregnancy clinic. Babies, not really in her plans. And even after seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound, she was still leaning towards abortion. But then she heard the heartbeat. That's when she chose life. When an expected mom has an unplanned pregnancy, preborn is there. And, and not just to save the baby's life, or help her bring it into the world, but to care for it long term. When they have an ultrasound and they can hear and see the baby, most moms have a divine encounter. We have a goal of saving 50,000 babies this year, and we're way behind. Would you sponsor an ultrasound and introduce a mother to her unborn child for only $28 that buys one ultrasound for these women who are coming in? $140 helps to rescue five babies' lives. And now through a match, your gift is going to be doubled. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby, or donate securely at preborn.com slash Glenn. That's preborn.com slash Glenn. So you started your podcast. Yeah. Uh, so I've been having a great time. So it's called Martial Matters with The Spectator. Uh, and uh, I should say my agenda in coming to your show is to plug my show. Okay. Uh, just um, as... as uh, just there's no secrets um uh, but i've been having a great time and exploring all the taboo topics that artists don't feel like they can speak i just actually had uh, an, a great irish uh, artist who i won't name but uh, text me saying i'm so happy you're talking publicly about this gender critical stuff because the trans stuff is one of those issues and i understand it's the same here in america that you just cannot talk about it and and jk rowling's the famous example i think it's worse over there i mean this in is Britain. hard to say but i mean what they're doing to jk rowling is mm -hmm. insane yeah insane yeah she gets uh, death threats uh, people not working for the actors what does the average person over there think about that or are they afraid to say that's a good question you know the the leader of the opposition sakir starmer who runs the labor party uh, which would I guess it's not quite equivalent to the Democrats, probably a bit more left more than the Democrats. Left, yeah. um, well, I well, can't say the Democrats that anymore. Now, but, yeah. um, he couldn't answer the question, what is a woman? And I think the, the average person probably sees <laughs> I'll, that. I'll take, your, I'll take your party and raise you a Supreme <laughs> Court justice that can't do it either over here. <laughs> right, okay, yeah. wow. Um, uh, well, I, I think when the, the average person sees that, I think they don't understand the gender wars and the, they don't, care they've got real problems to deal with but when they see that they think is he in, like is he mad why can't you mm -hmm. answer that basic why is that a basic question right and then if if you can't answer a basic question like that how are we supposed to believe you on anything else so i think i think i guess that's what most people think however i think also now that women are being attacked in prisons uh, raped in, in this country, uh, in New Jersey, it was, it was a Demi Minor who raped and, and impregnated mm. two women in, prison. In, a, in a female prison. Mm -hmm. We have uh, equivalent Karen White in, in, in Britain. But uh, women's place, uh, 
spaces are, are, are threatened, women are threatened, we need to protect our women. Uh, the, then there's what's happening to children, the, the puberty blockers. Oh my gosh. In, in Britain, that's been paid, uh, puberty blockers and irreversible surgery. In, yeah. in Britain, that's been paid for by the state. Right. right? That's We're not, starting to do that now. Mm. But you guys are stopping it, aren't they? So, yes, this is what's been encouraging is that that the Tavistock Center, which -hmm. which was the center undertaking this this behavior, this this surgery, has been told to close by next year. So that's a a small victory. Um, uh, And so I'm hopeful that we're going in in the right way. But But didn't the NIH come out and say there's no reason for this? I mean, I thought they took a harder line on it than just shutting down that clinic. I thought they were What's the NIH, sorry. Or the NHS. Yeah, yeah. I've I've understood that it's it's due to close. It's been told to close. Um, I think there's some people trying to defend it still, but uh, I think it will it will um, close. Uh, uh, So to stop. But but I think people when they start seeing that they see they see their their wives and their children threatened Mm -hmm. this way. Men stick up for it. Women, it's a very misogynistic movement. Women are constantly being told to shut up. Uh, Eventbrite, um, I just saw yesterday, have deplatformed women again defending women's sports, some sort of their their event ticketing organization. And, um, And the other thing uh, which i think affects people is is the concept of truth particularly when in our schools again paid for by the state children are being taught weird things about what what is true and what is not true it's anti-science and it confuses children i've got two cousins who are teachers and they show me what they're they're having to to teach their uh, students their uh, uh, young students and it's it's completely bananas and no wonder the kids are going to be confused. And if that's the starting point, how's the rest of the education going to oh, go? Oh, it's hard. So I think normal people, that's not hard to understand. Mm-mm. In fact, that's much easier to understand than the, the, the gender nonsense that we're being fed. Which Caitlyn is, Jenner understands that. Mm. You know? Well, actually, I met, uh, actually didn't meet, but Buck Angel, who was a uh, female to male transsexual, was at my show in Los Angeles. And... He has been very brave and st- standing up and saying, this is not okay to put children through. This is a serious procedure to go, to go through. And I will not let uh, anyone indoctrinate our children into this irreversible damage. And there are uh, transsexuals, transgenders who are bravely standing up because it is, it's, it's caught fire and it's, it's what Jung called a, a psychic endemic. It, and it's and it's very shocking, and and we've seen this at different periods. The, the, uh, Helen Joyce describes it very well in her book Trans, and uh, she's another guest I've had on my show. You should have her on on this mm-hmm. show. Actually, she's superb. I, I think she's written the definitive book on 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 the topic, which she describes as well. There was a, an endemic of uh, anorexia in Hong Kong about uh, fifteen mm-hmm. years ago, and it's the same thing. Once these kids get the idea, it just grows out unchecked, and it's up to the adults to say. No, yeah. stop and protect the, and protect Correct. the children. So I, back to your original question, normal people care about children, they care about women, and they need to protect both of them. I have to tell you, I think the leftist move with, with trans and mainly with trans, it, it, is, it is so anti-woman, so anti-woman, and so insulting that 
you are just about your body parts and that makes you a woman. Mm-hmm. No, no, there, there's lots of differences between men and women. Mm-hmm. And to tell women that they have to identify him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's if it look, we're friends, we're in the streets, whatever. You're a friend of a friend, whatever. And you come over and you're like, hi, I'm Judy. Hey, Judy, how are you? I'm yeah. not going to say live your life. Yeah, live your life. Um, but when you when you cross over and force people to say Judy is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen mm-hmm. and she is a woman when if I go to a hospital because Judy's laying on the ground and I call an ambulance and I'm a friend, I say to the doctor, by the way, biologically a male. Mm-hmm. They have to know that stuff. Mm-hmm. They have to know that stuff. So why would I be lie? Am I lying the rest of the time? I can't, mm-hmm. You can't. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You just can't do that. And 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 the and the lie has gone too far. And it needs to. And it's. But I I I hope that it's been brought now. It's or it's coming to be checked, which is which is a good thing. Are you afraid? I just read a uh, a story. Well, you know, you, you studied improv, didn't you? <laughs> You've done your research, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did uh, a little bit of uh, improv. It didn't go very well. But it didn't sorry. go very yeah. well because I was like, this isn't a funny conversation. Maybe it's me. I just read a story from Germany today. What could possibly go wrong? Between inflation and the lack of fuel, if it's a very cold uh, winter, mm-hmm. the Bundesbank is now mm-hmm. uh, billions of dollars they're sucking in mm-hmm. and they're holding on to because they're afraid of power outages um, and shortages. And people will start to go to the bank and say, I want my money out. And there'll be a run on the bank. Mm-hmm. And they said uh, that they were looking for. Uh, what was it? Uh, they were preparing for something like spirited exchanges with the Germans. And I'm like, I think you're thinking, I think you're thinking of riots, but that's Mm. okay. Um, We are a financial or a cold winter away from real trouble Mm -hmm. with people who can't recognize what a woman is. Mm -hmm. How are we going to fare through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I've, I'm, I'm very anxious about this winter and, um, because England is really affected by this, right? England's very affected. Not, not as much as Germany, but... The, f- uh, we've, we've, the cost of living crisis is absolutely insane. And um, there's uh, and other things, and as we speak, it's COP27 going on, and, and there's a lot of bad ideas about how to do it with the environment, which, again, make things expensive. For example, in our country... We're very against natural gra- gas and fracking, which would be a cheaper solution to deal with yeah. um, uh, some of our energy crises, uh, crises, a looming crises. And we're going into a, Russia and Ukraine are going to a war. When do Russia lose wars when they're in the winter? They don't. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be a long one. And um, and Putin's been making more money selling less oil because oh, of know. our policy. I know. Which again, it, thank it you seems for taking. A share of that, even though you shouldn't, because of our policy. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's our policy. Well, no, it's Britain's do the same. We've been doing the sanctions, and and um, and 
they've got foreign reserves. They, they, the, the Russia, they've got foreign reserves. They, they, people are still uh, buying oil. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's completely worked against our, our mm-hmm. interests, and it's the working people of Britain who are going to suffer the most. All of them, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Working all people of the world. world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, can I go back to your family heritage and the Holocaust? Of course. Um, just to, first of all, which camp? A, a mixture. Um, so the, the, the story, my, my grandma, they were from Transylvania and uh, left quite late because the Holocaust started in earnest late in Hungary, but then it was very rapid very in, in 43, it got, mm-hmm. in 44, it, got, it was awful. Um, my grandmother and her brother and her parents fled Actually, this is incredible. We have, I have her diaries describing the experience going through, uh, from Transylvania, through Munich. They got fake papers, they changed their name, through Munich, eventually to France, and then to Portugal. uh, And they they stayed out the rest of the war in Portugal. And I have all of her... um, Wow. uh, And does she describe her feelings at the time, or is it just more Well, it's quite an interesting read, because... It's a bit like Harper Lee or um, To Kill a Mockingbird or um, the J.D. Salinger book, uh, Catcher in the Rye, because you, you read it as the reader. You're, you're the adult. You, are, you sort of understand what the child doesn't see. Mm-hmm. And so you're reading. She would have been 13, 12, 13, 14. I, think, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly. And so she doesn't fully grasp how huge what's going on around her. You should publish this. I, I would like to. I, I'm going to um, try and translate it. She was a brilliant woman, and she spoke in seven languages. She actually wrote them all in French, so fortunately I can read it because I can't mm-hmm. read Hungarian. Um, but um, so one incident, for example, is they get stopped at some border, I think so maybe the Swiss border, and she, and, they, and she describes seeing Nazi officers on the platform and one of them slipping in the ice and the others pointing and laughing. And it was just so curious to me that she would... She would think to jot that down in her like that mm-hmm. was a thing, and and, and uh, another thing that's actually the most moving thing about it is that she got all her cousins to write goodbye notes. Now at that time they didn't know, they couldn't have known. Well, if they'd known, they'd have left. They wouldn't have known what what had happened, and um, so we've got all these goodbye notes, and it's only been. Recent that my my dad for the family researched and found out where specifically everyone went, mm. and it's also more complicated than that. So there's a superb play by Sir Tom Stoppard called Leopoldstadt that I recommend because it describes a Jewish family in Vienna, a family uh, going through both wars over several generations, and. The family, they're, they're Jewish, but they also, you know, it's a bris and a baptism. It's Christmas and Hanukkah. Mm. And, it's, and it's, I never kind of understood that about my family because there was a Christian influence and I, I, I didn't understand why. And I think it's partly to do with... Um, Hiding it? Or, or wanting to be a part of, part of. of a high society or part of society, not even high mm-hmm. society, society. Um, and another thing that the play explores is, is false memories, and uh, repressed memories, things hidden. So my grandma would, would she's passed now a few years, but she, she would always deny being Jewish. And mm. despite, you know, the birth certificate, Israelite, mm-hmm. you just, no, no. And, and, and it was a taboo. We couldn't talk about it. 
was very traumatizing for her. And, you know, there are even examples. There was one survivor, um, her aunt Titi, who had, uh, I think she'd been in two camps, uh, Auschwitz and then uh, another one further north in the north. I've forgotten the name. And um, she had the, the, the tattoo. And her, uh, my mom asked her, well, how, what's, how did she have the tattoo? She was like, oh, no, she was married to a Jewish man. Uh, so mm. it, they, they, they come up with, they come up, she had come up with ways to make her make sense of the trauma of it. But how, how, how can one make sense of it when, when all of the cousins and uncles are, are wiped out? How to deal with that? It's, it's uh, one, one nece can't necessarily. Do you imagine. think it's the other side of the coin that you're wrestling with, with China? I mean, it, it, here you have a whole family and they're fine mm -hmm. and their countrymen are fine. Mm -hmm. And then quickly, all of a sudden, all their countrymen turn on them and they don't leave because they don't think it could happen. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it's not going to happen to us. It's mm -hmm. we're, we're fine. We know mm -hmm. our neighbors. Yeah. Isn't it this? It's the same, uh, the, just the other side of the same coin, isn't it? That, that certainly was the case for my great grandfather. He, he fought in the first war with the Hungarians. And so the idea that they would then turn on him, uh, how, how that must feel is it's beggar's belief. If you, when you, when you commit your life, you risk your life for a people. And then those same people turning at you. And I think that's something the Jewish people have been, have been dealing with for millennia. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Kanye? Do you know Kanye? I, I haven't met Kanye. Okay. I, uh, well, uh, I, I'm a, I love his music. I think he is a musical genius. And apparently that's a contentious thing to say. I think he's- super It didn't used to be. <laughs> it didn't used to be. And then he started voting another way or t talking right. about God and all of a sudden, he's not a genius, mm. he's crazy. <laughs> he has said some amazing things. Um, I, 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 I love that he said, Fear God and you shall fear nothing else. Mm. I think that's superb. I think it's absolutely true. I uh, have no qualms whatsoever in saying that his recent spat of comments and statements have, are absolutely anti-Semitic and um, saying he'd go DEFCON 3 on, on Jewish people is, is horrible. Um, and uh, I, I, I find it strange that so... Um, few people find that easy to condemn him. Having said that, obviously he's lost now one and a half billions worth of uh, his business being dropped by Adidas and, and, and um, the stuff. So is that cancel culture or is that just... Well, that's freedom decency. of association um, because that's... Exp oh, if that is cancel culture, then that's, that's a type I don't have. Unless it's coordinated. Well, look, to, to, be anti to say anti-Semitic things like that that's not that, that that's not okay that is that is hateful mm -hmm. and that's different from defending women that's different from jk running who said nothing transphobic she's been actually quite loving to uh, people who, who are transgender and uh, that's very different to explicit anti-semitic but don't you think comments don't you think i mean i i think one of the problems with the world is i don't know what it's like in england but here in america 
on every street, there is some yokel that is like, you tell your kids, yeah, don't, don't, you see him outside, stay away. There's always somebody on the block who's like nuts mm-hmm. one way or another. And I like knowing who that is so I can avoid them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, now that person has found all of the other people like them on everybody else's street. Mm-hmm. And we're like, God, we've got to stop them. They've always been here. Mm-hmm. They've always been here. We just need to know who they are and then move on. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my problem is because you have a right to disassociate from me if you want. It's when the pressure starts to come uh, and you're not doing it because you believe in it. You're doing it because... Uh, we better, we better not, you know, we're going to lose sales. We're going to lose this. And then it, it's coordinated. The attack is coordinated. Mm-hmm. It, what he said was, was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, but, and I'm not sure which it is in this case. Is it part of the attack that he's been under the whole time? Or is this real? The only is, is, is what he's saying, what he really thinks. Is that what no, 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 no. Um, first of all, let's. Are you a free speech absolutist? Well, I don't think you should lie in court. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. But other than that, I have a right to say horrible things. Yeah. Okay. And you can just you can just say, well, yes. I'm not going to talk to him anymore. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm against inciting violence. I do. Yes. Think that be agree. Agree so with that. That's agree with w- me. Whatever the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutist. Uh, yeah. Free speech. Ab- absolutist. You, you, you don't incite violence, mm-hmm. but you can hold the mo- the only speech worth protecting is the stuff that all of us go. What the hell is wrong with him? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to protect the speech that everybody is in agreement with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I, I just have a. um I'd just like to hear your philosophical view on you have the right to um, disassociate. Yeah, I think freedom of association is an important part of of, of the um, the puzzle. And when it comes to artists, if I'm not going to, I'm still going to listen to Kanye West. But there are artists. If I thought that by listening to them they were getting my money and that was helping them continue of nefarious behaviour, I would draw the line. Right. Line there as a person, as a as a, as a person, um, I think on the f- on the freedom of speech, uh, uh, t- this doesn't really apply to Kanye. But what I've found is that usually, if people want you to shut up, it's because you've got there's something about what you're saying is true. Because if it wasn't true, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a threat to them. So. I found that a lot of people want me to shut up. And that's, if, if it wasn't true that, let's say, on the hill I died on, which was... Uh, Andy No, Andy No, and, and, and the BLM riots and, and the, the, the deaths going on and then the federal uh, buildings being burned down, I wouldn't be a threat to them. They wouldn't need to shut me up. So actually, the, and, and to take that thinking a, a step further forward, if you, and by the way, conservatives do this as well. Everyone does this. If you want someone to shut up, actually the best way to do it is to deal with what they're saying, the part of which of what they're saying, which is true, and actually confront it head on mm-hmm. instead of ignoring it. Because mm-hmm. if you ignore it, it just turns into a bigger issue mm-hmm. and then more nefarious people, uh, people with uh, 
can, can, can take it on and do more damage with it. You have to deal with the difficult stuff. So yeah. that's not exactly an answer to, to your, your question, but I'm, I'm certainly a free speech absolutist. But with free speech comes the responsibility to confront the difficult issues. Yes, uh, totally. All of our rights mm -hmm. have huge responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And we've, we don't want, it doesn't seem like we want those responsibilities anymore. You know, we just, no, just tell me what to say. Tell me where to work. Tell me what to eat. Tell me how my temperature should be in my house. And I'm fine. I'm guilty of that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all are. I think we all are. Um, you dated Katy Perry for a while. No, no, no. No, you no, didn't? No. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure I have it in my research. I, uh, but I, I just wanted to know, because, I mean, if you were dating, it is, was it the English accent? I, I, or? I, I um, met her. She's a wonderful woman. And Sorry, it was presented in what I read as you hooked up. Glenn, let's not get into detail. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, but she's okay. a very smart woman. So and, uh, is it the English accent or is it the banjo that, you know, she thought, well, I got to hook up with Because Glenn, you, you should invite her onto the, onto the show. I couldn't possibly speak for her. No, they will. <laughs> I'd be surprised if she remembers me. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because you're, you're, you were voted the sixth worst dressed man Oh, you got some great facts. Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Yes, I was sixth worst dressed man by GQ, and uh, I want to, yeah, I'm not quite sure, can't remember quite what year, but that was a, a very proud moment for me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully, things have uh, changed a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Put on a, a little bit. Um, so, the podcast. What do you have coming up? Who do you want? Who's like? Ah, uh, I tell you what. I, I very. I'd love to get. Um, uh, uh, what's his Shane Gillis? Right. It's a. American comedian, and I've just, I've loved this guy. He's doing a new stand-up, and um, which is on YouTube, and he's just making me, he's got, uh, he also does a sketch show on, on, um, uh, on YouTube, and he's got this one, he's got some very funny one about Trump doing speed dating. He does a great Trump impersonation, and he also does uh, a great one about a car salesman whose surname is Isis. And um, he's, uh, he was actually cast in SNL, and then the SNL sacked him before he even really got started uh, because they dug up in his podcast some things they deemed had, uh, you know, offended the progressive uh, mind. And, um, but I think he's one of the great comedians in America at the moment. So I, I'd love to get um, this guy. And there's another woman which again, I think you should get her, uh, uh, is Mazia Alinejad, who is an Iranian dissident. Because what's going mm. on in Iran, if we talk, people care about free speech, people care about mm. women's rights. Uh, let's another, look at Iran. It's, it's another place where nobody is paying attention. And I mean, I saw the Iranian people out with rocks coming after the people with machine guns. I know who's going to win there, mm. um, at least in the short term. Mm -hmm. those, those people are brave really mm. brave and kids mm. are being really brave and not getting the attention they deserve absolutely and 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 women it's yeah. it's to be a woman there and with with the decades of suppression and to stand up to take off their 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 burkas and and um to to stand up to these tyrannical clerics yeah and there's these countless videos it's just it's so moving but it's 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 become bloody and um it's 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 very sad, and, and one can only hope uh, that um, freedom comes to Iran. Mm. 
I have something for you to do. A, this is a, a rare uh, opportunity. Um, had these for a while. I thought this would be a good time to break them out. This is very exciting. Them. Okay. Uh, these are from 1760. Wow. And they are toasting glasses for the wow. coronation of <gasps> King George III. Your last king. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, since you have, wow. I don't have any champagne or anything. Oh, but my goodness. I thought uh, they haven't been used in I don't know how long. But Thank you. I thought we could toast your new king. You got to love him, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, mo well, I'm a monarchist. I'm a toast so. <laughs> to the last king of England. We'll just toast to the last queen. <laughs> the last queen. She was great. We love, well, although, Glenn, we shouldn't toast when it's non-alcoholic, but we ah. can certainly raise our glasses. See, you, and, were, you were brought up in one of those fancy schools <laughs> where you were just like, it's beer. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. What a treat. So to these the, were. To the queen. Oh, to the, the queen. queen. Wow. These were sent over from the king to somebody here in America um, in the founding era. Somebody who was a very loyal British subject and so they could t toast his coronation. Wow. And where did you find them? Uh, some friends found them for me. Yeah. You've got a great collection. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's pretty, it's eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into your museum after after this because uh, I want to get a photograph of that Ben Hur yeah. costume. Yeah, <laughs> and you know we've got a lot of stuff uh, that shows how crappy the kings uh, were over in England. And uh... oh, we we want to go there, do we? <laughs> I know you guys like to think it was your independence, You're right? But actually, it was us who were free oh, from really? liberated yeah, from right. the burden of the, yeah. of the colonies across the sea. So yeah, we celebrate. Well, still. one of these days and. Perhaps with King Charles on the throne soon, you'll you'll recognize King thing. Not a good idea. Although you're so wrong, Glenn. <laughs> the problem you got here in America is you don't have a king because everything's everything's at the feet of your president. Now the king stands above it all, represents the people. Oh yeah, he does. Yes, he does, and he and he's he, he's a link to God. And so whoever you elect, you're laughing at me, Glenn. Oh no, whoever you elect, I wish this was has booze. To, has to. <laughs> has to explain himself uh -huh. to the monarch. But here, mm -hmm. you just have Biden. Who's mm -hmm. he explaining himself to? Running riot. Uh, probably Perhaps. George Soros at this point. Well, <laughs> World go. Economic Forum. If he, had to, if he had to explain himself to someone, if he had to put himself below someone, Perhaps we might be in a better place. See, we used to think, and we don't anymore, we used to think no king but God. Yeah. Well, and that's... The, that's the problem. Mm. You just, you, you don't really have the God thing over in England. And what do you mean we don't have the God thing? Ah, you're pretty, you're pretty lost on God over there, aren't you? I mean, I know you grew up. Well, King Charles is the head of the, <laughs> yes, head of I the, know, the church. And very good. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're right that we, we've lost. Uh, you're not as bad as Europe. I mean, Europe is. Bunch of godless animals over there. Well, Glenn, <laughs> I think we could talk about the Europeans, but instead, why don't we pray for them? Yes, we'll yes, we pray for we the shall. Europeans that they find <laughs> they find God. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having God bless. me. Just a reminder: 
I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. 